the day I stopped determining my success based on comparing to other people's success was the day I got free. You can't set whether you're doing the right thing or whether you're winning or losing based on how, how much money Pete's doing or how many people Jed has at his event. I think so many people like compare themselves and I got free of all that. That's a big one. Any goal that I've ever chased directly typically hasn't worked out as well. And what I mean by that is money, million dollar month, $2 million month, $3 million months now. All of these things came as byproducts of my first and foremost goal being health. I wanted to be healthy. You're listening to the Traffic and Funnel Show. Fire away, Ashley. Hi, Taylor. Hello. So yesterday you talked about how the solution for customers is often way past their comfort zone. And so my question is, what are some of the techniques or tactics we can use for guiding a prospect out of their comfort zone over to the place where they'll be open to the solution? It's an amazing question. Um, I think the questions you ask are going to help put somebody into a position where they're either thinking about where they want to go or they're thinking about where they're currently stuck or where they're fearful. So for, for us, the way we train people is people typically buy for three things. All of these three things have to be lined up at the same time. Number one, they have to feel compelled to a future vision, right? You're not going to buy something that you're not compelled by. And most people stop right there, which is not enough. That's not enough to put somebody in a position where they're willing to run through the fire, right? Number two, they have to feel like staying stuck is more risky than advancing forward. This is where we start getting real. Because if you are, if you are looking at a house that's on fire, you're not going to want to run into that unless you have kids in the house. And then all of a sudden you feel like staying outside is more risky than, you know what I mean? And then they have to believe that they have to believe that you are the right person to guide them through. So with us, the way that we do this is we just ask a lot of questions. There's the difference between saying, um, you know, Hey, Ashley, how are you? Welcome to the call. What do you want to talk about? Now, that's how a lot of people kind of tend to open versus, hey, Ashley, how are you? My name's Taylor. Listen, tell me what's broken. Wow, what's the difference between those questions? You know, one is like, you know, we're just kind of talking. What do you want to achieve? The other is like, what's broken? What's hurting right now? What's currently broken in your fitness, in, in your physical health? And uh, as you go through the call, you, you simply ask questions about how long have you tried to fix this? You know, what is... Uh, what, what in your life have you done in the past to really deal with this? Questions are powerful. You could, you could say, hey, if you're, if you're 30 years from now, really feel this, like get into this vein right now. This question is going to change your life and you're going to steal it. Actually, you're, you're not going to steal it because I'm giving it to you. 30 years from now, if you don't get this fixed, picture that. What would it be worth to you to go back into the past to this moment to get it fixed? Right now, you see how we're altering the frame that somebody views current, past, and future, you know, to, to really beef up. There's a lot of risk attached to doing nothing and a lot of gold to be mined by moving forward. Does that help? Totally. Thanks. Cool. Awesome. Greg Houston, you are up next. All right. Hey. Hi, Taylor. How are you? Good, my man. How are you? Great. Hey, yesterday, um, it was awesome. By the way, you just killed it. But uh, you had mentioned partnering with the, the better future version of 
the person, uh, trying to move them out of their comfort zone like the last person asked. Do you tell them that? Do you tell them that you're partnering with their better future version of themselves? And if you do, how do you do it? I I am a fan of being genuine. I'm a fan of the authenticity that comes when you just say exactly, you know, how it is. So me personally, yeah, I absolutely would. And, you know, if me and you were sitting down having coffee, people make it so weird, like they're on the sales call and they have to be, they have to be a salesperson and professional and all these things. But if me and you were just getting coffee and, and you were telling me what is currently going on in your life, uh, at that point, I'm a friend. You know, I'm a leader, but I'm a friend. And I would, I would absolutely tell you that. You know, I, I feel like, Craig, the, the way you've been making decisions up to this point, do you feel like those decisions have gotten you the gold and the outcome that you really wanted? If you're honest with yourself, I think you would probably say no. I'm not saying everything is a waste. I'm just saying that the decisions to this point haven't gotten you where you want to get to. So something's going to have to give. I'm, I'm going to, I know who you want to be and I know what you want to do. And my job on this call is really to help guide you into the way of how does the future Craig make decisions, right? And a lot of people end up selling products and services. They're trying to push those things. I think the difference between really having this, this type of salesmanship in your, in your business is you become more focused on selling the prospect. Here's a superior way of thinking. And you're just worried about that. That's all you're worried about selling. I'm not trying to sell you a product. But Craig, you have people that you look up to, person A, B, C, and let me show you how they think because how they think is different than how you've current, you've thought in the past. And, and then we start getting into like, you're truly trusting me, not as a salesperson, but as a leader, it's totally different. So I would come right out and say it and not be weird about it. You know, people aren't going to think it's weird unless you think it's weird. And then all of a sudden your energy is projected. You know what I mean? I do. Yeah. Thank you very much. Cool. Awesome. All right, Selena Davis, you're up next. Perfect. Um, so the question I have, I know sales is all about people. So how or what skills have you acquired over your, your, you know, over your time in reading people? So before you approach them, is there a way that you read them before you kind of go with your, your spill? Um, or how do you kind of gear that conversation as you start reading that person? Um, you mean like, like, uh, over the phone or like a call no. like this? Yeah. So a call like this, or it could be, um, in person, you know, you can kind of hear where they, where they're at when you start talking to them. So you kind of will know how to, to sway that conversation. So my favorite tactic or technique, if you could call it probably of all time is to listen, you have to kind of be silent. And most of the time when people ask questions, they're thinking about what they're going to say while that person is talking. And the way that you can sort of tell that they're doing that is like, uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. But what that does is it actually, it's, it's not totally active listening. It's, it's more of like a participant listening. And the best gold you're going to get from a call is when you just let someone talk and then the answer is done and you're, you're just listening and then they keep talking and then they talk some more. And then they talk some more because in, in a little bit of silence, a person really begins to show what's going on in here, you know, in society, we are so timed out and like, you know, it's just, it's so go, 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 go that it's, it can be refreshing when you get on a call and the person on the other end is actually listening. You know, they're taking notes, 
they're not just like chomping at the bit to respond after you stop talking and you'll find so much gold by just being quiet and letting a person work itself out and you'll it, it's it's going to shock you it's really going to shock you because someone will finish answering and you'll just sit there and then three seconds later they pick right back up and they start talking but they've taken you to the next layer down of their truest their truest thoughts and so it's probably not a a tactic to pre-read people. It's just a tactic or a technique to really get the most of people in the middle of a conversation. Yeah, somebody says similar to a to a therapist. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Awesome. All right, Anne, you are up next. Go ahead and unmute yourself and ask your question. Hi, I'm asking um, actually an add-on to the first question that was asked is that you're taking them to your pain or you're taking them to their future selves and you're compelling them, but how do I not trigger them with the amount of work that they're going to have to do to change or that I'm taking them too much out of their comfort zone? So it's, it's literally that I find that balance in their pain and they're compelling, but that what I'm offering, you know, like if you're talking about somebody, I don't do weight loss, I do uh, yoga therapy, but it's going to take them a good eight weeks to start, you know, or four weeks to even start see some of it go away on a consistent basis. How do I convince them of the effort that they're going to need to take that I'm not out of their too much out of their comfort zone? Yeah, that's a great question. I don't think you need to worry about triggering anything because that's not on you. Ultimately, what's triggered is triggered from within. And you know that because you're a yoga professional. So you get it. But Matt, like, listen to this question. Um, we're on a call and I, and I say, you know, talk is cheap and results are hard. Are you in a position where you're willing to put in the effort required to get which, what you've told me that you wanted? And they're like, oh, yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Or if you sense that somebody's in a state of fear where they're like, you know, yeah, I'm just really afraid. That, that's when all of this stuff becomes a goldmine for you because again we're not selling a product we're not selling that we're not selling them uh we're not even really selling a result what we're selling is the best version of themselves we're selling how to think through obstacles see listen and can i ask you a question what great thing in your life has come as a result of fear i'll wait See if you can answer that. You know, the, the greatest version of yourself in the future is not fearless. It's courageous. It's moving forward in spite of fear. You see, there's all these, that's a question. And I'm not, I, this has nothing to do with yoga. This will work for yoga, lawn care, advertisers, copywriters, because it's all, it's actually all about partnering with that future version. You know what I mean? Awesome. All right. Thank next. you. Next up, we have Monica Shin. Monica, you can go ahead and ask your question. My question was kind of in follow-up, just a response to an earlier question where you were saying, you asked them, how would they feel if in 30 years they haven't solved that problem and then how valuable it would be to be able to come back to this current time? Um, and which that response was very future-oriented. I was wondering, would you ever use an example of, like, what's a problem you have now that like, would you give to be able to go back to the future? Or is that not advised well the it's the question is more of you want to anchor up the value of of the present moment moving now and so a lot of people have this this weird thing with time and it's like they have been through seven years of trying to figure it out and nothing's changed and so 
because of that, they're going to spend the next seven years doing the same thing they did the last seven years and nothing will change. And because that works so well, they're going to spend another seven years. And so they have this weird thing with time and this is a human being thing. And so often when you can disconnect them and like, even, even as a role play right now, like what, what is it that you sell? Or are you force muted? Uh, so I actually have tried, I actually have figured that out. I, um, I'm going through this whole challenge to try to figure out because right now I'm just like, yeah. So in, in some industries, it's going to work better than others. Um, like obviously if you're a personal trainer or one time we had a client who helped, um, helped people conceive for the first time. I mean, there's a massive price. You can future pace that because if you don't get in shape, like the cost is you're going to die. So that's pretty big. <laughs> like 30 years from now, if you're on your deathbed and you didn't have to be, what would you pay to come back to now? All of a sudden $5,000 is not a big deal. $12,000 is not a big deal. So that's more of a price anchor thing. But uh, it depends on what your industry is. I typically won't go back into the past ex unless I'm trying to get them to realize that their patterns are bad. And then I will ask, like, how long have you been dealing with this? Like, how long has this been a a something that you've been trying to fix? And what have you done to try to fix it? And then try to get them to connect in with that pattern. What, what I've done hasn't been working. So what I, what I do going forward has to be different than what I've done. You want to flip that. Does that make sense? Okay. Awesome. All right. We've got time for one more question. So Shannon Styles, you are going to have the last question for Taylor before we move on to Roger Love. There we go. Thank you. Taylor, yesterday was amazing. And, and your description of how to guide someone through sales was awesome. But my question is, how do you motivate your staff and how do you help your staff to have the confidence to make the sales? It's a great question um, for us personally. Um, you know, we try to keep our staff clean. And what I mean by that is, is I don't want anybody on my team who's just money motivated. It's really hard to motivate people to be ethical if their only motivation is money, you know? Um, and so we've let people go in the past for selling something that I knew that they shouldn't have sold, but they wanted the commission. That's a, like, I don't want, that's called cancer. Like you don't want that on your team. But now in terms of motivating, you know, we, we start every Monday through Friday with wins and 70% of the wins are client wins. And when you get to see like when, when, when you have a team of 15 people that are selling and you come into this room and if Pete would allow it, I I'll share some, some recordings of these sales meetings in, uh, in with the whatever you guys are giving away because they're just amazing. And they come in and somebody named Jake who lives in Oklahoma says, you know, I enrolled this person three months ago and it was their last $4,000. And now she's bought a new house and her kids are going to the private school and blah, blah, blah. I mean, that's pretty motivating. That will motivate you in a new way. That'll get in your bones. You know what I mean? Like that's beyond bank account motivation. That's like, oh my God, I, I have a purpose and a mission. And what, what we try to do is take the mission that I feel like me and Chris have been given and really get our team to own that. And oftentimes the way that that happens is they connect with our clients, they connect with our client wins, and we're always rehashing and talking about it. So that's one way we do that. I love that. Hey, Taylor, man, it's, it was awesome having you yesterday. It was so great. I know a lot of great feedback. One of the things I ask all of our speakers backstage is, what would you say are the 
core principles in your life that have allowed you to really be successful in, in, in several areas of your life, not just business? Like what, if you had to boil it down to a few, what would those be? I think the number one thing, top thing, top of mind is the day I stopped determining my success based on comparing to other people's success was the day I got free. Hmm. That's the biggest one, man. We, you can't set whether you're doing the right thing or whether you're winning or losing based on how, how much money Pete's doing or how many people Jed has at his event. I think so many people like compare themselves and I got free of all that. That's a big one. Um, any goal that I've ever chased directly typically hasn't worked out as well. And what I mean by that is money, million dollar month, $2 million month, $3 million months now. All of these things came as byproducts of my first and foremost goal being health. I want it to be healthy. I think the healthier we get. If you want me to bring it down into like tactical lands, um, man, having, having clear routines, clear vision, uh, man, it's, it's amazing because we do coaching calls. Like we have, you know, probably 25 hours a week of content that come out of TF right now. And people will get on and they'll try to fix these issues, but they don't know what they want. And they just don't have any clarity. They know what's broken. They know what they don't want, but they don't know what they're actually trying to get. And starting there was massive as well. Thanks for listening. For more from Chris and Taylor, visit trafficandfunnels.com and get a free gift just for being a subscriber. That's trafficandfunnels.com.